Repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Not man's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Lord, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you that it is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. As we hear your word today, we thank you that faith will come. Faith will come to change our lives. Faith will come to change our circumstances. Faith will come for us to experience the more than abundant life. And so I thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit being the master teacher today. As I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God. Increasing to feed every person in this room spiritually. And Lord, I thank you that signs, miracles, and wonders will follow the word. Because your word will never return to you void. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Our current series that we're on is entitled Lost, which means life without a shepherd. Say this with me. Say life without a shepherd. And the purpose of this series is to help everyone understand the God-ordained need that they have for a pastor. Our world has made light of the purpose and the need that a pastor plays in people's lives. And the end result of that is a life that is discontent and unfulfilling. So this week, we're going to take off from where we left off last week. And this week's title is... Why you need a pastor. Now look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, did you know you need a pastor? Now look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, I didn't know that. Amen. Turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 6, Mark chapter 6. Hopefully by the end of today's message, you will see that you have a need for a pastor. Mark chapter 6, if you're taking notes, you can write down verse 34. If you can't find it in time, just watch the screen. They're very good at uh, putting the scriptures up. In our first service, I was reading out of a book and a chapter that was not on the screen. And everybody in the audience just let me read. In Mark chapter 6, look in verse 34 if you would. And here's the point that I want you to write down. God's word is clear that shepherds are people that he has created to care for his sheep. In other words... God, his purpose for, sh- for shepherds is for them to care for his sheep. And in Mark chapter 6, look at verse 34. If you're there, say, I'm there. All right, watch what it says. It says, and Jesus, when he, came, uh, when he came out, he saw much people, and he was moved with what? Compassion toward them, because they were like sheep, not having a what? 
shepherd, and then he began to teach them many things. Jesus saw and he had compassion for these people because he saw them as sheep not having a shepherd, which says to me that Jesus knows and feels that it is a great necessity for people to have a shepherd in their life. Can someone say amen to that? Now, a spiritual shepherd... Because you have spiritual shepherds and you have natural shepherds. A spiritual shepherd is one who God uses to help feed, lead, direct, and correct his flock. I'm going to say that again. A spiritual shepherd. Say spiritual shepherd. A spiritual shepherd is one who God uses to help feed. Say feed. Say lead. Direct and correct his flock. And, and that's one of the, that's the role of a pastor. And I'll show you even further uh, how that goes about. But, you know, what's sad today is that the first time you try to correct somebody, man, they, they get upset and they leave. I mean, even on the job, if someone corrects somebody on the job, now, you know, my supervisor hates me. No, they just don't want you to keep making mistakes. Amen. So, uh... Turn over to Ephesians chapter 4 because I want to show you this word shepherd that Jesus used in Mark chapter 6. I want to show you this word shepherd again. Go to, go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. We used this scripture last week. And then after this, I'm going to jump into uh, our new information. In, in Ephesians chapter 4, look in verse 11. And my point again is, it is God who puts shepherds in place to shepherd his people. In Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 11. And he gave some apostles. Who is it talking about? God. He gave some apostles and some what? Prophets. And some what? Evangelists. And some what? Pastors and what? Teachers. For the what? Perfecting of the saints. For the work of ministry. And for the edifying of the body of Christ. That word where you see pastors... That's the same word over in uh, Mark chapter chapter 6. That's the same word as shepherd. So a shepherd is a pastor and a pastor is a shepherd. Amen. Now, go to Luke chapter 2 very quickly. Luke chapter 2. Go to Luke chapter 2. Let me show you something about uh, the shepherds that found Jesus. Let me show you something about them that I didn't mention on last week. In Luke chapter 2, look at verse 20. And this is the story... Where the shepherds uh, were spoken by God. God spoke to them and told them, hey, this is where Jesus, the son of God, is going to be born. And so he chose shepherds because in those days, shepherds were to be trustworthy. And I know in these days, uh, pastors have done things that uh, uh, make them not trustworthy. But you can't put all pastors in a category just like you can't put people in all categories. It's it's wrong to say that all men are dogs. Did y'all know that? I know all the ones you know have fleas, but all of them don't have fleas. You know? And so it's wrong to put all pastors in the same category. Just because you've experienced a bad pastor doesn't mean that all pastors are bad. And so in Luke chapter 2, in verse 20... It says, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for the things that they have heard and what they saw. But if you jump up to verse 8, it says, and there they were in the same country, shepherds, say shepherds. 
Now, that word shepherds is the same word pastor right there. But I want you to notice what they were doing. They were abiding in the field, keeping what? Watch over the flock when? At night. One of the purposes of a pastor is to make sure that he's watching over the sheep at night. And some of you all need me watching y'all overnight. Amen. I was up at two something this morning. And see, God will put people on my heart to pray for you and you don't even know I'm praying for you. I can look at somebody's face. Sometimes I'm praying and God will show me a face and I may not even know your name. And I'll start just praying for you. Amen. I said in the first service, I was praying for uh, Kenneth uh, Coleman. Is Kenneth here this morning? Where's Kenneth? I thought I saw him. Anthony. No, Anthony, not Kenneth. Anthony. I was praying for you and your wife this, this week. God just put y'all on my heart. Not sure why, but I'll just pray for you. And so God will do that. But, but if you're not connected to a shepherd, it's hard for God to put it on their hearts to pray for you. Amen. Now, notice they were watching over their flock. Write down this. Hebrews 13, 17. It says, obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account. Boy, as I keep studying this whole series, my, my responsibilities are greatly increasing. It says here that they watch over your souls as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, because that is unprofitable for you. Which means that when you disobey pastors, it's unprofitable for you. Now, listen. Pastors do more than just marry people and bury people. I know that's why some, some of y'all, some people just join church because they need somebody to marry them. Now, I know the justice of the peace can marry you too. But you know what? You cannot get married or buried without a preacher. But here's, here's the problem that most people run into. They mistake preachers for pastors. You can be a pastor and preach, but you don't necessarily have to be a preacher and a pastor. And I, in other words, how you view what a person does in your life determines what you get out of them. And so you can see a preacher on TV, but they're just a preacher. And a preacher and a pastor are different. A preacher is just one who proclaims the word of God. Now, in John 10, 11, you can just write that down. It says, this is Jesus talking. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. That word shepherd is the same word over there in Ephesians that says uh, pastors. So Jesus is the good pastor. He's the good shepherd. Okay. Now go to Jeremiah 23. Let me show you this. Jeremiah 23. God's job is to put pastors and spiritual leaders in place. That is his job. That's just the way he does it. He chooses you. See, pastoring ain't a job. It's a call. See, a job is something that when you get done, nine to five, you finished. I ain't taking no work home with me. It will be here when I get back. I don't care if you're in the middle of a report. I'm done. Five o'clock. How many got people on your job? They, they remind you of what time it is. Come on. What time you got? What time you got? What time? What time? You, what? Get your own watch. In Jeremiah 23, look now at verse 4. I'm just going to read the A part of the verse. Jeremiah 23. And let's look at verse 4. 
It says, and I, well, let's start in verse 1 so you can see who's talking. He says, woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastor, says the Lord. So it's the Lord talking. Look at verse 4. And I will set up shepherds over them. Who's going to do that? He says, I'm going to set up shepherds over them. So the first point I want to make in you and you needing a pastor is that you need to know is that God sets them up. Now, there are certain criteria, you know, in America, you know, you can just print out a business card and say you're a pastor. But that don't make you a pastor just because you can get you some business cards and print them up and put pastor on, on, the, on the front of it. That don't mean you're a pastor just like standing in the garage don't make you a car. But see, some people do that. But there's a process to being a pastor. I'm going to explain it at the end of the lesson. You know, how God, uh, the process he used with me in pastoring. And he uses, he don't use the same process, but he has a process. Can someone say amen to that? So God puts spiritual shepherds in place for your life. Now, the reason why I say you need a pastor, write down this for the need, for the word need definition a requirement it means also to fulfill the needs of an assignment or to require say require Require. see some of you are right now say i don't need a pastor i don't need a pastor you know why i don't need a pastor i can pray by myself i can study by myself i can hear god for myself and you know what all that can be true because we all have the holy spirit but there's one thing you're forgetting is that if god put a pastor in place that must mean you need them. Right. Amen. Just uh, see how many here can read. Let me see your hand. Okay. Now, just because you can read, that, that's fine. But you can't read without no eyes. Now, you might have some Braille, you know, experience going on here. But y'all know what I mean, right? You can't pray without your mouth. You can't even study without your mind. Well, watch this now. Write this down. Neither can you completely spiritually grow without a pastor. You may be able to grow, but you won't be be able to maximize your spiritual growth without a pastor. And I'm going to show you why. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. See, here's the problem with people. They are growing, but they're not maximizing their spiritual growth because they're not connected to a person that God has ordained to help them grow in the body of Christ and personally. In Ephesians chapter 4, look in verse uh, 11. It says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Watch this now. For the perfecting of who? How many saints do we have in here? How many saints? Okay, how many ain'ts? Because all y'all didn't raise your hand. Okay, I'll, I'll help the ain'ts at the end of the service, okay? But it says here that these pastors and teachers, they're, they're, they're there for, to perfect the saints to help them do the work of what? Ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. So guess what? If the pastor is there to help perfect you, that means you need one. Now, can I tell you a secret? That word perfect there in the, in, the, in the Greek, that's the only time that word is used in the whole Bible. In other words, the Greek word for the word perfect, where it says 
uh, perfecting of the saints. That word perfecting is the only time that word is used in the Bible. Well, guess what? If that's the only time that word is used in the Bible, that means you need a pastor. Now, you say, well, pastor, I'm still not convinced. Write this down. The word perfecting there means completely furnished. Completely furnished or complete furnishing, which means that if we put, put it in context, it says for the complete furnishing of the saints. You cannot be completely spiritually furnished without a pastor in your life. Now, I want to show you something. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. Let me show you this word. Uh, let me, let, where it says in uh, verse 12, it says, for, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry. Let me show you that word ministry again in a different context. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, write down verse, verse 5. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 5. Let me show you this word ministry because sometimes people get spooky when they say ministry. Have you ever met spooky spiritual Christians? There's a demon in everything. My car didn't work this morning. The devil is a liar. Well, I mean, it could be the devil, but it could be me. You could just need a battery. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the, the devil ain't in everything. My barber messed my hair up. Uh, that's the devil. No, you just picked the wrong barber that day. Okay? Let me show you this word ministry in 1 Corinthians 12. Look at verse 5. Look, let me start in verse 4. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but it's the same spirit. Verse 5. And there are differences of what? Administrations, but the same what? Lord. The word administrations there is the same Greek word for the word ministry. Let me show it to you again. Go to Luke chapter 10. Go to Luke 10. 10. Luke chapter 10. Let me show you this word, ministry slash administration, again, in a different context. Go to Luke 10 and write down verse 40 if you're taking notes. Luke 10, look in verse 40. Luke 10, 40. Let me show you this word, ministry. Let me show you this word, administration. Let me show you this word in a different context. All right. If you're there, say, I'm there. It's, now, this is the story of Mary and Martha. Jesus came to Martha's house. And in verse 39, and she, called, and, and she had her sister called Mary, who sat at Jesus' feet. And why did she sit at his feet? What did it say? To hear the what? To hear the word. Look in verse 40. But Martha was cumbered about with much what? Serving. The word serving there is the same Greek word as the word ministry. It's the same Greek word as the word administration. So when he said he gave us some pastors for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of ministry, he was saying to do the work of serving. So a pastor's job is to help you learn how to serve God the way God wants, to, wants you to serve him. See, when you serve God, you, can't, you don't call the shots. God calls the shots. Amen. You just can't serve God any old way. He's going to tell you how he wants you to serve him. And so the word serving there is the same word ministry or administration. Now, notice this, cause, and, and here's what I want you to write down. The work of ministry will always become a burden to you when you do it disconnected from those who he has called to equip you and spiritually feed you. 
And let me prove it to you why. Because if you notice here, Martha was serving. She was doing a lot of serving, but she ran out of steam. Because if you notice here, she started complaining. That's one of the first signs of you not having enough word inside of you. And, and the worst thing to do is to run across a Christian that's low on the word. Because, see, if you low on the word, then you high in the flesh. And that's what happens when, when you know, because not everybody, but sometimes people come to church with an attitude. You know, every church has a Mr. and Mrs. attitude that come in, in the doors. You know, they done had a bad day or a bad week or whatever. And so they come in and you can see the attitude on their face. And here you are, you and Usher. But you and Usher, that's really, really low on the word. So remember I said, if you're low in the word, you're high in the, you're high in the flesh. And so, you know, listen, when you're high in the flesh, it's easy to spot people who are high in the flesh too. And so in your mind, you see them coming and you're going, uh-huh, I see. I don't know what's up with her, but she better not say nothing to me. Now, you ushering now, you greeting, you're supposed to walk. So you, they walk in, you say, and you know, you put as much into it as you can. Because you're in the flesh now. So you have to force yourself to be nice. Good morning. And you're smiling, but you're not really meaning it. And so they just walk by you and don't say nothing. Oh, my God, that's the wrong thing to do with somebody who's in the flesh. Well, that's what happened to Martha. She was in the flesh. She started serving in the flesh. And she got to the point where she wanted to tell Jesus what to do. She said, wait a minute, Jesus. Let's look at verse 40. She said, do you not care that my sister is leaving me to do all this work? And look what Jesus said. He said, Martha, you are careful about and troubled about a lot of things. But one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen a good part. In other words, when you are ministering, when you are serving, if you are low in the word, you're going to complain. You're going to be in the flesh and you're going to get tired. And that's what happened to Christians. And so what happens is if you disconnect from the person who's supposed to feed you word, because I'm going to show you my next point is a pastor's job is to feed you the word. Amen. Martha, she got here, and, and here's the thing. She was missing the fuel of the word. So just know that when you're serving, I know it's your time to serve the kids. But get some word in you before you get back there. Because they need to see Jesus, not you. Because you're going to get back there and, and treat them like you treat your kids. <laughs> Sit down, boy. I mean, what happened to the love? After the love is gone. Y'all know that song? Who is that? Every Winning Fire? How many don't know the song? Yeah. That means you're under 40. That's okay. I understand the song. Now, let me ask you a question. Martha was missing the word. Who was giving Martha the word that she was missing? Who? Jesus was. Okay, let me ask you a question. Who does God use now to deliver the word? Pastor. So guess what? If, if, if you disconnect from the person who God is sending you to get the word from, you're going to end up like Martha. And that's why you can go to work and change for the worse. You started out at work on fire, man. 
Talking about the Lord, listening to the CDs, man, you was growing, you was doing good, and then your word level got low. And then you done started back cussing again. I'm talking about something. I'm talking to somebody right now. How many hands? Come on, be honest with me. See, you done started back cussing. You stop cussing. You, cussing was out of your system. And man, your word got low. And listen, when your word get low, Listen, all the old words you used to know is going to come. It's, it's amazing how your memory can come back. And you ain't cussed in years. And all of a sudden that coworker get on your nerve and you cuss them out. And they look at you like, oh, my God, I didn't know that you cursed. Go to Jeremiah 23. Here's a point I want you to write down. You need a pastor in your life to feed you the word of God. Jeremiah 23. You need a pastor in your life to feed you the word of God. Now, don't mix up a pastor with a preacher. Because, see, a preacher can preach to you and not even know you. But a pastor is someone who's watching over your soul. A pastor is someone who's there. And you know what's interesting? I didn't say this in the first service. But I had a couple. They don't go here anymore, so I can, I can say this. But uh, the, the, the husband felt that God was telling him to move, move out of the state to a specific state. Just move. So uh, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Now, if you ask me, I'll give you my advice. And then I'm going to give you not only biblical advice, but I'm going to pray about it as well. Well, he didn't ask me. So I'm not going to barge into his life. But when I talk with him, I say, well, is your wife in agreement with you? At the time, he said, yes. So uh, in my spirit, though, I knew they weren't supposed to move. I asked him, okay, do you have a job lined up? Well, not really. First red flag. <laughs> is your wife in agreement? He said, yes. But at the end of it, she wasn't in agreement. She was just supportive. That's dangerous. You don't make life-changing decisions as a couple unless both people are in agreement. Now, what's the difference? Support just means that, okay, I'm with you. You know, if that's what you feel God says. No, no, no. If you are not in agreement to, to, with the whole thing, you're going to be the person that says, see, I told you. Well, long story short, they moved out of state and their life went backwards. They ended up on welfare. I mean, they lost almost. I mean, they everything that could happen bad happened to them, and 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 they ended up coming back. They ended up coming back. But but here's my point: Had they just asked? I mean, that's a life-altering situation. And then I found out at the end of the end of the whole thing, when you're not got, when you don't have the Bible said, can two walk together unless they be in agreement? If you're not in agreement on a decision as a couple, don't make it. Just put the decision on hold until you both can get in agreement. Because if not, it's not going to work. It's just two people can't walk together unless they do. Are you in Jeremiah 23? Okay, look in verse 4. Jeremiah 23, 4. And then we have five, I have five more minutes here. Jeremiah 23, 4. God has put pastors in your life to feed you the word. All right? It says here, and I will set up shepherds over you. And they shall feed you 
Who will feed you? Shepherds. Now, there's a difference between eating and being fed. See, you can eat, but not necessarily be fed. In fact, the book of Haggai says, you know, you ate and you still didn't get enough and you clothed and you're still not warm. You know, so you, it's okay to eat from other preachers, but you need to be fed from your pastor because, see, God's going to put in that person's heart what he wants for your life. And you will hear things from God from that person that you won't hear from somebody else. Amen. So in, in, uh, go to Jeremiah 3 since we're there. Go to Jeremiah 3. When Jeremiah, just go to Jeremiah 3. Let's, let's look in verse 15. Jeremiah 3, 15. He says, and I will give you. Notice all these pastors are given by God. He says, and I will give you pastors according to my heart. And they're going to what? Feed you. Who's going to feed you? The pastor. They're going to feed you with what? Knowledge and with understanding. That's why a TV or CD can't, can't substitute a pastor. And this is why so many people feel that they can just not go to church. Because they're listening to the CD or they're watching TV. But the problem with that is they're not being pastored. They're just being preached to. Amen. So it's obvious that, okay, you can be a preacher but, and not be a pastor. But you can't be a pastor without being a teacher. Did you get that? You can be a preacher or a teacher and not be a pastor, but you can't be a pastor without being a teacher or a preacher. If you notice in Ephesians, he says pastor and teacher. See, if you get preached too much and you don't get taught instructionally, all you will have is enthusiasm or zeal without knowledge. And that's why we got a lot. And ain't nothing wrong with running. Ain't nothing wrong with shouting. And you can do all that. But at the end of the day, the devil wants to know how much word you know. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, heaven and earth is going to pass away. Shouting is going to pass away. Uh, uh-huh. and running is going to pass away. And, uh, but the word of God is going to stand forever. So if I can stand on that word, well, where am I going to get the word from? I can learn it for myself. But God wants to use a pastor to teach you. Amen. Now, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, and then we'll wrap up. 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2. Let me show you this one last scripture on a pastor feeding you, and then I'm going to review. 1 Peter chapter 2, and you can write down verse 2. 1 Peter 2, 2. It says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the what? Word. Word. Why? That you may grow. What is the purpose of the word? To help you what? Now let me ask you a question. Who is in place to proclaim the word? A pastor. So here's the problem. Whoever's voice is dominant in your life is your pastor. Some of you all's old pastor is still your pastor even though you're here at this church. You know why? Because something that they did or said hurts you. And it's still on you. And because it's still on you, it's dominating you. So my words can't get through to you right now because you still hurt over Pastor so-and-so. Let's call him Pastor Zachariah. You was at Pastor Zachariah's church. And Pastor Zachariah said something to you. Or maybe he, you know, you had a meeting with him and, and he preached about it the next day. I'm talking to somebody right now. 
that happened to you. You're still holding on to it. And right now, his voice is more dominant. And you can't grow with what I'm teaching because you're still stuck with Pastor Zachariah. Amen. Now, your growth is codependent on your connection to your pastor. Go to Second Chronicles. Real, well, go to Second Peter. We're in Peter. Go to Second Peter. Go to Second Peter real quick. Go to chapter 3. Look at verse 18. Your growth is codependent on your connection to your pastor. Second Peter chapter 3, look at verse 18. He says, but grow in grace and how? In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question. Who's going to feed you the knowledge based on what we done read? Pastor. So now having a pastor is not an option. It's a necessity. Just like you need air to breathe, you need a pastor so he can lead you. And the Bible says, according to Psalm 23, he will lead you beside still waters. And he will restore your soul. Some of y'all may have came in hurt, but you know what? If you sit under the word long enough, listen, pain will slowly decrease. And the next thing you know, you don't hate that man no more for divorcing you. Some of y'all need to go write a letter today. Just go write a letter to the person who divorced you and thank them. No, thank them. Thank them. You know why? Because if they weren't smart enough to keep you, God's got somebody better. Oh, he got a replacement. Now, I ain't talking about if you're married. I'm sitting, oh, I'm waiting for God to replace you. <laughs> I ain't saying that. I'm talking about if it's already done, this paper's been signed. Listen, write him a note and say, you know what? Thank you for leaving me. Because that means God's got somebody much better for my life. Because God don't take you backwards. He takes you forward. And you still stuck on him divorcing. Let him go. Let her go. Because God somebody, got somebody better. Amen. And y'all didn't hear me say divorce nobody, did you? Okay, I just want to make sure. Want to make sure. Let's look at one last. Go to Ezekiel 34 and we'll close on this one. I'm good. Ezekiel 34. Go to Ezekiel 34. Some of y'all have too many pastors in your life. Too many. You got too many pastors in your life. You got too many people speaking into your life. Too many. And, 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 uh, and it's good to get advice. It's okay to get advice. But when you're talking about life-changing, life-altering decisions that's going to affect your family, affect your finances, affect your spiritual life, man, you need to, you need to connect to your spirit. Listen, I am just, I'm just amazed of how many uh, phone calls I don't get. I'm amazed. I mean, we're some of the most accessible pastors you can have. And some of y'all use it. Well, I don't they too busy. How you going to tell me I'm too busy? Let me tell you I'm too busy. But some of y'all really don't want to know. You just want to go do your thing. And then ask later. Let me show you this. Ezekiel chapter 34. Look in verse 23. Let me show you. You can't have five pastors. See, some of y'all, you... you, you uh, you may have grown up in Louisiana and uh, you've been here in Texas for five years, but the, he's still your pastor in Louisiana. Come on now. <laughs> look at Ezekiel 20, uh, 34, look at verse 23. Let me show you this. It says, and I will set up how many? One. How many? One. 
one shepherd over them, and he will, here we go again, he will what? He will feed them. You can't have 25 folks feeding you as a pastor. Because one person may be thinking this way, and one person thinking this way, and one person thinking this way. But see, you got to get a hold of what God is saying through your pastor. And here's the thing. I can be your pastor from my perspective, but it's up to you to receive me as your pastor. And this is why some people don't prosper like they should. Because number one, they're not planted in the house of the Lord. They're just floating around. And then when they get in the house of the Lord, they don't receive me as their pastor because they got offended from their old pastor. That's why the Bible says if you smite the shepherd, what's going to happen to the sheep? Scatter the sheep. So what happened is something happened at your old church and you got scattered. And so you ended up here. But you don't know that you still got a scattered mentality. And there's nothing I can say. Because all you're doing is still just kind of, I don't know, uh, Pastor Zachariah. You know, he, he, I remember he cussed me out. How many know pastors cuss? Let me see your hand. Come on. How many know y'all, y'all know some pastors that cuss? Let me see your hand. Now, pastor's not supposed to cuss. Now, I don't cuss. I don't cuss like some of y'all. I don't cuss at all. But, but I've heard pastors cuss. I'm like, they are a pastor and they cussing. Well, if you're a pastor and you cussing, you need some deliverance. <laughs> now, if I were to live like, a, like some regular Christians live, I would expect y'all to not come to church. If y'all saw me at, what's the, what's the latest club? Come on, tell me. Oh, some of y'all know. Come on. Somebody, what? Who? Sky, Sky Bar. Is that is that the hippest club now? You don't know. Is it, come on, somebody give me a hot club. You know. You know what? I ain't gonna say it because it may give some other people hints. Let's just say the hottest club. If y'all saw me at the hottest club, that ain't right. If y'all saw me drinking a beer. That ain't right. If you saw me riding down the street with somebody that ain't my wife. Come on, help me. That ain't right. If you just saw me going off on folks everywhere I go. That ain't right either. So why is it that we stick with people that ain't right? We stick with them. Listen, never be loyal to just a man. You got to be loyal to the word. (laughs) Got to be loyal to the word. See, if I'm loyal to the man before I'm loyal to the word, the man can do whatever he wants to do and I'll still remain loyal to him. No, no, no. You first be loyal to the word. And as long as that man is following Christ, you follow him. But the moment he stops following Christ... Come on now. You stop following him. And I know it's hard because, you know, Reverend Zechariah was mama's pastor, daddy's pastor, sister's pastor. Your whole family's still at that church. And he got five different kids. from. I'm talking to somebody right now. He got five different kids from five different women in the church. And y'all know it. And y'all still going, what is wrong with? 
Yeah, you're right. But there are some people that are living for God. There are some people who are watching over your soul. Listen, we love not only you, but we love your kids, we love your family, and we love those who are not even coming to church that you are a part of. If you are married, I dare you to save an empty seat for your spouse. Just save an empty seat. If the usher tell you to scoot over, just say, hey, I'm saving this for my spouse. And you save it every Sunday. And when you sit down, you put your hand on that seat and say, Lord, I think in Jesus' name that they're going to be sitting in this seat. We've had several people whose spouse now go to the church that wasn't going at all because they saved the seat for them. Amen. Now, don't cuss the, don't cuss the usher out now. This is my... No, no, don't do that now. Don't do that. So let's just review. You need a pastor to grow. You got to know that God set them up. You need a pastor, pastor to help you with your direction in life. And then, last of all, you need a pastor to help protect you. He said, listen, I ride and, they, and my st- their staff, they comfort me. What did the shepherd do when a wolf came? He used that staff. And that's why I watch over y'all. I pray over you all. And so you may be here today, every head bow. You may be here today, and you've never accepted the great shepherd, who is Jesus Christ. You have to have him in your life. And there's a wolf called the devil.